Tonight, we're going to be talking about how you can be set free to be courageous. And even just a little bit of faith in these situations is still faith. And it allows you to do things when you are connected with Jesus and you have his power at your, at, at your, uh, near you, right, uh, in your life. And so we're going to talk about a few different ways that you will be challenged and a few different ways that you will face opposition, but hopefully give you some tangible stuff that helps you move past that. So we're going to give you some, some real-life situations, some biblical teaching, and uh, take it away, Josh. Awesome. Hey, to start things off, I'm going to need uh, Owen Harb. I am going to need, uh, who else do I want? Uh, let's see, Owen, make your way up here. Uh, I'm going to need, is, is there a Wim Hof here, a Wim Hof girl here? Is Katie here? Katie is here. Katie, get up here. All right, and let's see, who else would be fun? Help me get one more, Parker. I've got, I've got two middle school. We pro- probably should go... We haven't had any high school girls up here yet. Yeah, come on. Come on. All right, we're going to take you here, Owen. Katie, we're going to have you right here. I like that sweatshirt. That was yep. very nice. Hey, did you pick our high school girl yet? No. Yeah, get one. Abby Miller. Throat. Um, yeah. <laughs> yep. So all of you girls that are friends with Katie, uh, get Snapchat out. Yeah, right? perfect. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. We're going to take this. But like, hold it like you're presenting it. Yes. No. Come on. Have you ever seen like the yeah. windows in stores? Hold it, hold it like a model. Yeah, does like, this work? Yeah. Yes, hold it, it like does. a baby. Hold it like a baby. I was smart. I turned my mic hey, off. Hey, everybody right give there. Davis a round of applause. Yeah. <laughs> For dealing with two mics on stage and a show. Dude, I, t- I, tur- I turned it off. I okay, know, but so he- <laughs> here's what I want to talk to you guys about. We're going to talk about, I shouldn't be here. Uh, I'm going to talk about three biblical characters, and uh, we're going to make some connection with you guys. Our first character is Peter, and Abby here represents Peter. Now, Peter was obviously a guy. Peter did not wear this lovely shade of lipstick, but Peter spent a lot of time in the water. Therefore, she has this nice Haitian conch shell. Right? Authentic. Something to know about Peter. Uh, Peter was out in an ocean one night uh, in the middle of a storm. I don't know if you guys have ever been in a lake when it was very windy, the waves were very tall. Uh, that's happened to me once in my life. I was in a 10-foot boat, giant waves, terrifying. Uh, but he was actually in the Mediterranean Sea, so these swells were enormous. And uh, in the middle of that moment, uh, he looked out onto the water. I'm sure he was at a point where he like, felt like he was going to die. And he saw what he thought was a ghost coming across the water. And Jesus called out to him and said, dude, no, 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 I'm not a ghost. It's me, Jesus. And Peter goes, Jesus, if it is you, tell me to come to you on the water. Now, a couple things I think about this, Parker, is uh, how nuts that is. Mm -hmm. But it had to have been a terrifying situation if he thought being outside the boat was better than being inside the boat, right? Yeah. And then the other thing, his friends didn't stop him. Yeah, come on. Yeah. Well, you know, any guys that their buddy says they're going to do something stupid, they're like, yeah, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. Hey, hey, hey Taylor, you're going to jump off the roof of Northwest? All right, awesome. Go ahead. You know, you can get your phone out and do it. Um, so uh, so the, here's Peter. He says, if it's you, have me call me out. Call me out to walk to you. Peter gets out of the boat, walks on the water gets terrified of his situation, 
and actually starts to think Jesus has to come to his rescue. Um, you guys, when we're talking about obstacles to our face, we face lots of opposition. Peter's situation represents a physical opposition. Uh, he had the physical opposition of waves. He had the physical opposition of wind. He had the physical opposition of human beings don't walk on water, mm -hmm. right? So he had all this physical opposition, but he still chose in the midst of that to step out of the boat mm -hmm. onto the water. Mm -hmm. Now, Parker, I want to ask you, your role in this. Now, very few of our students are going to be in Peter's identical situation. Right. But I believe that our students face physical opposition right. to their faith. Um, how could you help them connect and go, that's what physical opposition looks like for us? Sure. When it comes to physical opposition, obviously it does come from inside. But I'm talking about actually like body, physical, flesh, uh, dealing with these these situations where you need to step out in faith. So one of the first things that you can think about is your mouth, the way you talk. We, we say a lot here at Element, hey, go love people, go share your faith, go, go be nice to people, go tell someone something good, tell them good news. Uh, but one of the biggest comments back we hear is, well, I don't know what to say. I don't know how to say it. So that's one physical boundary where you're saying, I do physically, I physically do not know what to say in that moment. And scripture tells us that don't worry about what you're going to say in that moment because the spirit will give you what you need to say. So that's one thing. That's a physical opposition that you might face. The second one is physical uh, um, relationships and physical desire that you have. And now um, there's something about the way that humans are programmed that we have this desire to be close to or touch another human being. And that's just a part of human nature. And so within this desire, you know that if you've been in a sticky situation or a, a relationship that gets very close and even physical, that all of a sudden that gets really messy and it gets really complicated and it gets really frustrating and all of a sudden it starts spinning out and then that physical distance, that that situation where you're in where you're like I need to get out of this boat it gets very tricky doesn't it it gets very tricky to take that first step of faith out of that physical connection that you have with someone else and maybe it's not good maybe maybe it seems uh, complicated but you're taking that step and that physical distance is an opposition from someone and the last thing is your time Time is a physical opposition. Your schedules are packed. You have activities. You have practice to be at. You have practice in the morning to be at. You have practice at night to be at. And you say, man, I don't have time. I don't have time to be kind to people. I don't have time to reach out to people or to help people. That's an that's a opposition that you need to face. You need to say, where can I create some free time? Where can I create some, some boundaries? Where can I create some situation where I can actually have the time to be with people? That's another physical opposition. Or it's like trusting God that if I do use some of my time here, there will still be enough allotted time here to mm -hmm. accomplish the rest right. of this. So physical limitations, physical opposition. The next one, Katie, you look so good in that hat. Uh, I want you to introduce you not to Katie but to Zacchaeus. Uh, Zacchaeus was a, was a tax collector. Zacchaeus was a very corrupt Corrupt man, not just because he had a horrendous name. I don't know of anybody that has named their kid Zacchaeus. Didn't roll off the tongue. Zacchaeus. Yeah. Zacchaeus. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, Zacchaeus's role was so hated in his culture mm. that if Zacchaeus would show up to church and he'd go, I'm so glad that I'm here, church, I'm going to write you a check for $10 million, the church leadership had said, you know what? 
you are so corrupt, we're not even going to accept your, your money. Mm. You're not welcome even in the mm. courts where the non, non-Jewish people are, like where the non-church people go. You can't even come onto this property. Mm. That's the way the church would look at Zacchaeus, okay? So that is Zacchaeus' social situation. What happens to Zacchaeus, though, Zacchaeus has an encounter with Jesus. Jesus sits down for a meal at Zacchaeus' house and lays out the gospel and says, Zacchaeus, what have you been doing? You've been stealing from your own people and giving to the Roman government, which is why we gave you this fun little helmet. And uh, you've been so corrupt, you have got to stop doing this. And Zacchaeus is extremely convicted. And in scripture, he says, I'm going to give people back four times what I took from them. Because how he made his living was telling people, even if they only owed like 10% in taxes, he'd go, hey, you owe 15%. And then he would just skim that 5% off. Every adult in this room is just ready to kill Zacchaeus right now. (laughs) Like, taxes suck. Don't overcharge me. Uh, But conviction came. And he goes, not only am I going to pay them back what I owe them, I'm going to pay them back times four. Mm. And what did Jesus say about his household that day? Jesus said salvation has come to this house. Something amazing has happened here. Man. And so we hear salvation coming to the whole household of Zacchaeus. Peter's story is, is like riddled with Peter taking these crazy face steps and and then Peter would actually fall on his face quite a bit, like he would fall in the water. Uh, He would be too zealous and cut a dude's ear off. Uh, He would tell Jesus how to do things, and Jesus would go. Yeah, I kind of put it this way. Like, he would make a great play, but he would fumble every play. So he would, like, he would move the team forward, like, three yards, but then he would drop the ball. He would fumble, but then he'd fall on the ball. He'd he'd recover his own fumble. It was just sloppy. It was just just bad. It'd make you nervous. It's like, is he going to get it right But he was moving forward. So, but we don't hear a lot about Zacchaeus' story going forward other than the fact that salvation comes to his whole house. And this last situation, I want to introduce you to, yeah, we didn't really plan for this very well, did we, Parker? Yeah, but that worked this is really the, well. This is a rich young ruler. The reason he is holding an iPad, first gen, first gen. <laughs> is because he has it all. Oh, yes. He has it all. And um, so the story of this rich young man, he comes up to Jesus and says, hey, I want to follow you. And Jesus says, well, just you need to do this and this and this. And he goes, hey, I, I'm, I'm doing all that. I, yeah, I, man, I've kept all the commandments, all the rules. I go to the right places at the right times. I'm always there. I follow everything. I put the chairs up before and after element and on Sundays. That's actually what Owen does. But he doesn't do it because he's earning salvation. You don't do Sundays, though. No, but you do element about every week. You set up and tear down. So, uh, and you help out any other time. So it's like, oh, man, I'm doing all the right things. Which, it's a good thing that I picked him, right? Yes, yeah, so that's great. So Jesus looks at him and says, you know what? One thing you haven't done, why don't you go sell and give away all of your possessions, give mm. it to the poor, and then come follow me. Mm. And what makes this man's situation different from these two, all three of these had an encounter with Jesus. It says that he walked away from Jesus at that moment. It doesn't give us uh, a whole lot of account of what his life was like after that, uh, but we do know that after having a face-to-face encounter with his Savior, he turned and walked away. And uh, uh, here we have Zacchaeus facing social 
Man, I skipped right over that, didn't I? I didn't have any, we didn't do that. You're going to have to double dip on this, and you're going to have to do it quickly. So the opposition that's here was social opposition, okay? Because Zacchaeus had to deal with what his friends thought, what his family thought, and then also trying to convince the church that he's been ripping off for years, maybe decades, that, hey, I'm with you now. Social pressure, and then in addition to that, this guy might have had the most complicated pressure on earth. His, his pressure or his opposition was from in here. Mm-hmm. There was something in here that just kept him captive mm-hmm. that you couldn't see, you couldn't put your finger on, and the whole struggle just happened here. So, Parker, talk to us briefly about social opposition and then our inner struggle. Right, the social opposition that you might be facing when you have this situation where you are encountering Jesus and you're in completely your life changes, right? You have this social pressure of what people think around you. You have this social pressure of these people who have known you since you were a kid. You grew up in this town. They know what you're like. They know you're dirt, but they also know that you're, okay, you're a decent person. Then all of a sudden, you start living out actually what you're learning at Element about Jesus. And you actually start being kind to people. And you actually say, nah, I don't need to do uh, those things that we used to do together. I'm, I'm out. And it creates this social pressure that's really hard. It kind of feels like a pressure point on your hand. And, and you're working through the social pressure. And I want to let you know that that is common and that is going to happen. That's expected. I am going through this as well. Like I grew up in this town and there's this social pressure where people still know me. And now all of a sudden I'm the Jesus guy. It's very easy to point a finger at me and go, uh, hypocrite. But I have to deal with that and I need Jesus to get through that. So that's some of the social pressure you might deal with. As an internal pressure, I want you to think of the thing that you try to control the most in life. Think of that thing that you try to have the most control over, that stresses you out the most. What gives you the most anxiety? Right. Maybe it keeps you up at night. You think about it when you go to bed. You lose sleep over it. That kind of thing? Yes. So this, this guy's story was, yeah, it was about money, but it wasn't about money. It was about more than that. It was this idea that he needed control. And there was this internal battle of, I need to control this, and it's becoming a monster in my life. And he had this moment where he's holding on to his control and he's seeing Jesus walk away and he goes like this, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, see you later. And it was just money. It's going to fade. But there's this internal struggle of the lies that you hear. Once you start stepping out in faith, start stepping out on the boat, what happened to Peter? (laughs) Started sinking, right? Once you step out in faith, you're going to have these internal battles. You're going to have these, these lies that come to you that are saying, man, it's not good enough. It's not worth it. You shouldn't give up your popularity for that. Those are lies. Or I'm not worth it. Or I'm not worth it. Those are the internal battles that you might face. So I, I think about the rich young man, and I think about his, um, his situation and he was like face-to-face with salvation. It was like salvation was right in front of him. Mm-hmm. And it was Jesus talking to him. And he had the opportunity right. to say yes. And you're talking about, he, he let it, he walked away from it. And I, I think about what the condition of my heart must be like in that moment, right? right. Where I'm going, um, I don't need help mm-hmm. or I'm beyond help. Mm-hmm. Or um, no help is ever going to be enough. And I think about all of these situations, Parker. Mm-hmm. And 
So when we read them in scripture, we see a guy in a boat walking on water. Mm-hmm. And we go, man, that, that's, that's never going to be me. I'm not going to be stepping out of a boat walking on water. We see a, a, a tax collector who's been ripping people off that needs a life change. Uh, mm-hmm. We see a guy that sounds like literally had it all. Mm-hmm. You know, very few of us, if any of us, are going to be in that situation. Yeah. What, what is the, what do you feel like is the, the need or the, um, the desperation point for our students tonight as you look at these three stories as a whole and as we head into uh, some more worship before we wrap tonight right. up, what is, what is maybe one little key thing? One of the things I want you to notice from all these different stories, all different situations, all different people, is that Jesus was there. Jesus was present in that moment. And it wasn't that Peter was so powerful or so cool or so wise as to step out of the boat. It was that he had his eyes on Jesus and he goes, I'm going to do this. You got my back? You got my, okay, I'm going, I'm going. And some tell the story that like, man, once he started looking around at the storm, you know, that's when he started to think. It's when he took his eyes off of Jesus. And then you think of Zacchaeus, he's at the table in this social situation where he's looking at all these friends that he had since high school and all of a sudden he stands up and he goes, I'll give away half. And then you can almost like hear the panic in his voice going, uh, and then he like looks at Jesus. You can almost see it. Like he looks at Jesus at the table. He's like, you got my back, right? You, you're here? You're here? Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. But the most disturbing part of the last story is this man was in the presence of God and he had this opportunity to step out in faith. I'm talking God. I'm not talking very big mansion is really worth it. I'm talking God, eternity, heaven, standing in front of him. And he knew it. He approached him, a good teacher. And Jesus says, you don't call anybody good besides God. And then he continues that conversation. So he agreed with him. He's saying, I know I'm in the presence of God right now. And when Jesus said, hey, give up control of that one little thing that's just distressing you out. Just give it up. And he goes, Nah. The most disturbing thing is for you to look at your popularity or you to look at this image you have or you to look at this abusive relationship you have or you to look at these insecurities you have in here. Look at Jesus and go, nah. That's something you got to think about. That's something we got to talk about. You know, I, I want to I pray right now. I think this is appropriate for us to pray mm. before we lead into uh, this next moment of worship. And God, Father, if we're honest with ourselves and we look at our, our anxieties, it really just exposes where we have control issues. And Father, being willing to release control of our lives is probably the most terrifying call that you have put on our lives as followers of you. But Lord, I would say that it might be the most important. Father, I I see you in the garden even struggling, Jesus, with what you knew you had to endure on the cross for our behalf. And you led an example, Jesus, when you said, Father, not my will, but your will. Lord, help us to be those kinds of people. Amen.